Hey ladies, I'm Tori and I'm Wendy. Welcome to the Fruitful Vine, where we delight in motherhood and life one honest conversation at a time. Hello ladies and welcome to the Fruitful Vine, where we discuss all the hoods, womanhood, motherhood, parenthood. I am Tori from the Oglesby Ohana over on YouTube and I'm with my beautiful co-host Wendy from Plan Prep and pray. Actually, it's plan, prep, pray. That's right. right. Plan, prep, pray. That's right. <laughs> At least you, people use every time somebody says it, they're like, plan, prep, play. Plan, play? play? <laughs> oh, no, no. <laughs> no, no. I'm like, no, no, no. no. Plan, prep, pray. Because you need to pray, man. You, need to pray. Um, you should put play, definitely add play into your peas. Well, the kiddos, the the kids want to do a YouTube channel. So I told them they can be plan, prep, play. That is cute. I just got all the chills. That's adorable. I, told my, them, I, my I was like, look, hate YouTube, your kids hate YouTube. Well, they love YouTube. They don't like being on it, though. No, no, no. My kids love the camera. Oh, yeah. <laughs> put, put them straight. I swear we need to switch kids. Like, my, your kids are introverts and mine are extroverts. It makes no sense. I know. It's so wild. I, it's wild. It's, I, I don't even understand. But I told them, I said, hey, you guys can start a YouTube channel as long as it's about cleaning and cooking. Make it work. <laughs> Why would you? You're the worst. <laughs> Make it work. You're the worst. Um, man, how are you feeling today? I feel like it's been a while since we talked. It has. It's been like, what, two weeks? Yeah. I am doing okay. I'm tired. I'm so sleepy. Lately, I don't know. I don't know what it is, but lately, as soon as 12 hits, I'm done. I'm, I'm done. And, I'm, and I've accepted it. Like, no, I'm not doing anything from the hours of 12 and 3, and that's okay. Same. You're just not, you're like, you're good yeah. with it. You're good with yeah, it. We're great. And that's what matters. I could like sleep from 12 to three every day and be great. You know, they do that in Spain, right? It's a siesta. Are you serious? For th- yeah, But not for like, three hours. No, it's like for two hours. Oh, they like I break, like everything just stops. <laughs> like, Are you even, serious? Even like in the little villages. Yes. Like from 12, it's like a daily Sabbath. Oh, yeah. Let's do it. Why Let's not? do it. I'm down for that. I'm down for it too. Um, what you thinking? What you thinking? Huh. What am I thinking? Ah, mm. oh, you got me, <laughs> man! Oh my goodness! What am I thinking about? What just popped into my head was story of the world. <laughs> Oh man, is that your history curriculum? Yes. <laughs> I'm like, man, I really like that curriculum. That's a good one. That's a good curriculum. That's awesome. Because I'm not, I was never really into history in school. And so the fact that it gives history from not only just like the American point of view of history, but like a world view of history, and then it gives it to you in story form, I'm like, yes, yes, yes. Because it just makes it more digestible for me. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. I'm actually thinking about how lovely my homeschool has been since just remembering that 
I did not homeschool to be like public school in the house. And so I've been getting a lot of freedom of just returning to my unschooling, um, throw out the curriculum kind of homeschooling. And we've had the most beautiful connecting days uh, this past week and then going into this week. And I'm really excited. And like, we've done, we've done, we've touched our master books. Well, Titus is done with his master books math, but Wendy, it's so hard. Like, I'm almost scared to bring in the curriculum again, because then I'm like, oh, we're going to get lost in the curriculum hole again. And so it's like, where is this balance of, and maybe it's not that, like, I'm also afraid that God's calling me to just like completely unschool. Well, why do you have to do all one or the other? Like, why? No, I, I complete. I exactly. But the thing is, is my question for you is like, what's the balance? Because for me, if, if there, if I'm doing both of them, curriculum always wins only because I'm trying to finish the curriculum in a timeline. So lately I've been like, okay, Tori take, well, we've been reading Alice in Wonderland or we watched Alice in Wonderland and I'm like, okay, well, what if we take time out of it? Like, They'll finish their curriculum when they finish it, whether it's super early in the school year or super late. What if we just take time out of it and just continue like pumping our days with all the fun, unschooling, enriching um, activities and learning and then have the curriculum there for when we need the curriculum? Um, Well, you've said that you feel like, you know, when the curriculum is there, it kind of puts pressure on it. But I have friends who like do like one whole semester of science and then one whole semester of history. So why couldn't you do like just one whole semester of curriculum and do it in the way that you did when you were trying to get to December yeah, the how you were like, yeah, oh yeah, we were just, just like, doing it exactly, and then do just the whole rest of the year and the year just straight unschooling. That would be so, maybe I should because here's the thing: I love if there's a curriculum I'm going to use, it's master books it's, because it's, it's conducive to that. It is. You're right. I could totally do that. Totally do that. I, I, that's what it is. And I've been thinking a lot about next school year. I know everyone already has their curriculum picked out. Um, I mean, I'm most likely going to do master books, but at the same time, I'm like, I have all of our books picked out. Like I've ordered all of our read aloud books, okay. all of our, like, I'm set on our books. And then when it comes to re- curriculum, I'm just like, meh. I'll, it, it, I'll give it a couple more months. It'll come It'll back. Come. It'll come. Or better yet, start off the year unschooling and then end it with curriculum. Do what works best. And it keeps things fresh too. Cause then it's like two different, everybody loves the beginning. So it's like two different beginnings throughout your school year. That'll be so much fun, especially after your month hiatus in December. That's so true. So Look much at fun. you coming through. Vibe changes up everything you'll you'll end up finishing the year strong because you're the one that took me out of the box of okay we have to do language arts and math every day so why do you have to do unschooling or um curriculum why can't it be both yeah i think that we as homeschoolers forget like we chose to homeschool that we do not have to copy public school but i think this pressure especially if you're like us where we went to public school, like Mm -hmm. this pressure of like, no, but like, that's the way it's done. And maybe we should stay between the lines, but also we want to be free. Like it's so 
It's just, it, it's, it's constant. It's a constant balance. I feel and then like especially and if you live in States where you have to test and do so all these I, things too. I have to test and I hate that. I really do. We don't test over here. It's just turn in a imaginary portfolio of all your students work. Sorry. It's not imaginary. If you actually do it. It's <laughs> <laughs> Man. All right. So Tori, what are you consuming? Now, Tori, what are we transitioning into right now, Tori? Consumption. Consumption. Okay, ladies. So this segment, Consumption Munchin, Wendy and I will take turns sharing anything that we've been consuming, anything that's been life-changing or any seeds that our minds have just kind of been marinating on. Uh, So it can be from a book, from a TV show, from a movie, from a conversation, from something that happened in life. Anything that we've kind of been munching on, we're going to share. It is time for Consumption Munchin. That's (laughs) right. All right. So I have been kind of obsessed with Elizabeth Elliot. I'm reading The Path of Loneliness, and I know it sounds really depressing. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, it sounds so depressing, but it's really good. It's called Finding Your Way Through the Wilderness to God. It just, the biggest thing I'm taking away from it is it talks about the cross and it talks about Christ. And what we refuse, what we kind of forget is that the cross represents suffering and surrendering. And we think that being a Christian means that our lives are just going to be this happy life. But like Christianity as Christ modeled comes with suffering, like the deepest suffering. And so like, I'll read, let's see, what quote do I want to read from it? I was just highlighting so much. Um, I'll read this. She was sharing a story about a guy who fell in love and they got engaged. And then shortly after his engagement, he became blind. His fiance left him. And it was like, but he ended up writing one of the most famous hymns and his name's George Matheson. And so she says the way of the way of the cross for George was heartbreak. God's power could have spared him that But God's love chose instead to give him something far more precious than happiness he had lost. Instead, God gave him the oil of joy. God gives that oil to those who need it and to those who mourn. So kind of like in a way, God's oil of joy is like the price you have to pay for mourning. Like if if you're if if you want that joy, you're going to have to suffer kind of. I've just been falling in love with her words and being encouraged that like suffering is part of life. And as much as the modern church kind of refuses to, they look at suffering like a mistake or something that's not supposed to happen. It's a part of life. And it's something that is there to bring us closer to God. Christ suffered so that he could be closer to God. And so that he could like because of that, look at what has happened. He had to suffer for that moment in order to save all of us for eternity. Like what? So I've just been looking at suffering a lot different and knowing that um, when you're in the wilderness and when you're, you feel like you're on a path of loneliness, whether it be like 
you're lonely in your career, you're lonely in your life, you're lonely in um, love, whatever that is, it really is an opportunity to draw closer to God. Mm, I love that. I, um, I think that we forget that suffering was brought into this world because of sin. With sin comes suffering. But God, God is so much bigger than all of that that even in the midst of your suffering, he can bring you joy, he can bring you peace, he can bring you love. And I love what, I love that. That was, that was deep, man. Yeah. That was really deep. It's a really, I know, I told you, the book sounds so depressing, but it's really good. Like once you, it's, it's really good. And Elizabeth Elliot, um, her husband actually, her husband felt like he was being called to be a missionary. Um, and then they landed there. And like two weeks later, he ended up dying. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. So Elizabeth Elliot writes a lot of good books. There was I have to try to find the one that I read when I was in my younger 20s. But a lot of books about how like about God and about how it's all to bring us to a closer communion with him and how everything on this earth is so here today, gone tomorrow. Like, so you just have, she's a woman who has suffered a lot, a lot of loss in her life. So I just find her writings and opinion on it, something real and beautiful. Wow. That is so good. And I, I love how, um, she brought up or in that quote was brought up love and how love can be found in the suffering, which seamlessly transitions (laughs) us into (laughs) <laughs> so many people anyway. use your name in vain. Doesn't this make you feel like you could be a pop star holding the it microphone? Really does. <laughs> <laughs> All right, the fruit of the spirit, love. Ooh. You want to start with what does the Bible say about love? <laughs> what is love? Well, you guys know the first. What is it? First Corinthians 13, right? Oh, yeah. You know that love is patient. Love, love is, is kind. kind. All the things, right? Huh. <laughs> Every time I read that, I just don't feel qualified to talk oh about it. Oh, my that. gosh. <laughs> that is exactly what I think to myself. I'm like, yeah, so clearly I'm not loving. <laughs> yeah. Clearly I have a lot of growth to do what? in that department. What? Like, how far are we from that? And then, so I, when I read that, I'm like, okay, well, okay. That's what the Bible says about love. All right. So like, what does like Jesus specifically say about it? And so, um, it brought me to John 15, 12 through 13. Yep. Where, um, he commands us to love each other as I have loved you and greater love has no one than this to lay down his life for for one's friend, right? Right. Right? So then I'm like, okay, so what you're telling me is that love can be expressed in selflessness, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Because he is describing exactly what he did, mm-hmm. which was love. He died on the cross as a sign of love, right? Mm-hmm. Um. <laughs> selflessness would you consider yourself (laughs) that's so bad no no like 
like I feel like the end of this podcast needs to be right here because I really do not feel qualified. Like, no. And then when I'm thinking about it, I'm like, I say I love my kids, right? Mm -hmm. Am I selfless with them? That's not true. I'm not. When they do something wrong, that's a poor representation on my parenting. Like that's, I just take everything like me, me, me. Mm-hmm. Even the good that I do is selfless, is selfish. I was going to say, like, I'm most selfless when I am mothering, but it's not like I always do it with the best attitude. Sometimes I'm like, oh my God, what? You're interrupting me. <laughs> Again, <laughs> I go to the bathroom to hide. So yeah, I, I, I think I, it, it made me really think to myself, like, how far I am from what true love is and right. how flippantly I use that word when it's not, when, when I don't, when I don't exhibit, when I don't exhibit it, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, Ooh, Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> just honestly, I like, I, I was reading cause I'm trying to like read through all this and then I'm thinking, okay, well then how can we apply it? Right. And so because I'm like, Tori talked about last week, fullness, how faith is action. So what is the action of love? Because a lot of times we can talk hypothetically about things, but then when it comes time to actually doing it, how does it look? I'm very like practical. Like, how does this look? And so it brought me to 1 John 3, 18 says that little children, let us not love in word or talk, but in deed and in truth. By this, we shall know that we are of the truth and reassure our heart before him. So to me personally, that means that love has action or love is action. It's not just an I love you type situation. So I actionably think to myself, selfishness, actions, what do I need to do? I need to die to myself every single day in order Mm. to display love. It's a constant picking up your cross, quote unquote. Let me get real charismatic on you. No, <laughs> it, it's just it's it's a constant dying to yourself every single day, being cognizant of your nature, your flesh, to be selfish, to be me first, what I want first, what matters to me first. And it's so hard because in our minds, we're always right. We're so right. Like, you can't tell me that I'm not right. <laughs> like, if I, right? Like, if, I, if I'm like, no, but I'm just trying to do this and I need to do this and I, I, I. Yep. And then someone comes interrupting you or someone needs you or someone, um, you know, needs an ear or needs you to do something. Like, so the question is, are you thinking about yourself or are you thinking about others? Well, let's be honest. As moms, most of what we do is for others. <laughs> like, they interrupt. So, but I don't think so. Even within, even within the service that we do as moms, how many times do we, are we selfish as moms? Do you consider yelling at your kids being selfish? Yeah. Do you consider... Um, just being frustrated in general with your children selfish. Yes. You consider being tired of waking up in the middle of the night to feed them selfish. 
Hold on, I hear another baby. Is it okay if I get frustrated right now? Is that you- selfish? <laughs> <laughs> yes, Teo. Okay, let me help you. Teo, is mommy selfish? I'm not selfish. Am I, do I love you? Yes. Am I loving? Yes. All right, from the mouth of babes. <laughs> there you go. I love um, him. He's always good for the right answer, huh? <laughs> Teo's so sweet. Um, if I had Journey in here answering those questions. <laughs> Let's talk. Let's sit down and talk about this. <laughs> she would have been like, hold up, hold up. Do I get a microphone? Because <laughs> this is going to be a whole episode. Yes, but remember, that goes back to remember when we were talking about obedience and we asked, like, is it obedience only if you do it with a happy heart? Because Christ, so is it love only so if I'm really, happy, really happy about it? Happy is where you, is where you we got sucked because it's not happy. Ooh. Oh, it's joyful, which is a whole nother episode. But joyful is different. Which is what? Happy. Which is what my book is talking about. Yes. Oh my God. Wait, where's my, oops. I said, oh my God. Okay. We have a lovely listener who like kind of called us out on the whole, oh my God thing. And so yes. we're really trying not to say it. We're really, really sorry. Yes. Um, we oh are, my we do take what you guys say seriously. And I think that the point of all this is to spur one another on and we need to be spurred on too. So it's especially, especially, especially if it is biblically sound, throw it our way. We, we, we need Jesus just as much as everybody else. So um, if you're coming from a place of love, we're talking about selflessness. Um, let us know. Let us know. Let's um, iron sharpens iron. Okay, I'm trying to find because you were just talking about happy and joy. Yes, in the book so that I'm reading. Happy had and joy are two different that. things. So, um, oh, absolutely, very, very different. Only I, I believe that only those who know Christ have joy. Joy is not a worldly emotion. That's a and, whole another episode, though. We're gonna save that for joy. We're oh gonna yeah, I was gonna joy. say joy is a whole other thing. Okay, um, okay. To the oh, okay, this is good. Okay, so there was a Peter Kraft wrote a book called Making Sense Out of Suffering. Um, in it, ancient man was preoccupied with how to be good, while modern men are preoccupied with how to be happy. Mm-hmm. To the ancient goodness leads to happiness or joy. Um, to the modern goodness leads to anything but. Everything I enjoy is immortal, illegal, or fattening is the saying. So he's saying how, like, in the world, it's all about, like, happiness, 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 happiness. Mm -hmm. Once upon a time, I do believe that men were about goodness, right? Morals, staying true to your word. Regardless Um, of whether or not it made you happy and all the things, regardless. Exactly. This new modern world of happiness, happiness, you have... People doing crazy things in the name of happiness. And what if we switched happiness out? Not even for joy. Like, this is love. What if we switched happiness out for love? Mm -hmm. Like, in the name of love. Like, whatever is going to bring the real fullness, Christ's love into fullness, into your life. How 
How would that change our lives? Because I feel like even in what you're saying, like even in opinions, even in does it matter if it's not love? Does it, because from what you're telling me, if we substitute all that for love, if we substitute just um, striving for love, then how we feel, because if love is selflessness, how we feel doesn't matter. It's about how we can love on our neighbors. It's about how we can serve them, right? Aside from whether or not it is biblically, you know, unfounded and biblically, you know, if it, because God, Jesus said first, love God, second, love each other. So as long as it's loving God, you should love each other. There's no love self. God is love, which is why love is patient and kind, right? Because patience and kindness is a fruit of the spirit because God is love. And I think this is why we're having such a hard time (laughs) wrapping our brains around this one and feeling so unqualified because we are. Yep. We are so unqualified of actual love, real love. Yes. And isn't that realization really sad? It's sad how we go around just being so unloving. It's sad how we don't realize the Bible is about love because the Bible is about God. And like Tori just said, God is love. And we use the Bible to hurt, to, to, to not love, to, to, it is a weapon, but not against each other. It's a weapon against enemy, the enemy, but that's a whole nother story altogether. It's so sad that we are so incapable of true love. Yes, but fake it till you make it. Be do your best. The amount, the type of love that we need should be taken, in my opinion. In um, I was watching the Duggars one day, and she was like, they were like, how could? Because I think her husband was was cheating on her and all the things, and she was like, how? They were like, how are you still like with him after he he was on like Madison something? Anyways, not the point, but. She was like, how can you like still be here? People are like, how are you so strong? She's like, strong. She said, I only do the next right thing. I live in five minute in, in five minute like intervals. And she just does the next right thing. She's not thinking about the bigger picture. She's just doing the next right thing. So if you think like that, if you can live your life just doing the next right thing, how much more loving could we be? Like, um, people was asking her, Tori. They were like, one, "How can you stay one, with this man that cheated on you in front of the whole world?" And she's like, "I just do mm. the next right thing. I just do the next right thing." She doesn't get lost in all of it. She just lives for Jesus. Wow. And that doesn't mean everybody needs to stay with their husband. That's not what I'm saying. But what I am saying is. Just do the next right thing. Let's let's clarify that one. <laughs> I'm just like, oh no, no that oh, is Wendy so- told me just stay with him. No, no. Wendy told, told me to do the next right thing. 
<laughs> no, that was the next right thing for her. That may not be the next right thing for you. Um, well, and that's like with life all together, like the next right thing. Ever since I came back from the homeschool conference with Wonder Here, like I just wake up and I say, God, what can I be faithful in today? What do I need to do today? Like, like, let me only be here today. And when we are here today, we take back so much power, guys. We are able to get a glimpse of real life love because nothing is stealing our attention. We can look our kids in the eye without rushing on to the next thing. Now I'm preaching to myself because I'm still learning this and I'm still trying, but do the next right thing. I think that that statement, Wendy, can lead us and get us closer to love. That's right. Ladies, thank you so much for spending your time with us today. We pray that you remember to lean into the one true vine while you are busy being the fruitful vine. Until next time. Bye. bye. Why is that the first time that we actually did it at the same time? (laughs)